Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Today is Sunday, May 31st, 2020. On this day in 455 CE, Emperor Petronius Maximus tried to escape Germanic vandals. However, his own subjects murdered him before the invaders got the chance. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the brutal death of Emperor Petronius Maximus at the hands of a vicious horde of Roman citizens. Let's go back to Rome on the evening of May 31st, 455. As Emperor Petronius Maximus perched on his throne, the imperial diadem weighed heavily on his head. He ruminated on the sword of Damocles, a cautionary tale about the courtier who was allowed to be king for a day, but forced to sit beneath a sharp blade hanging by a single hair. Far from pitying the man, Maximus envied him. Reportedly, he complained to a friend, Ah, happy Damocles, it was only for one banquet space that you had to endure the necessity of reigning. In contrast, Maximus's unhappy rule had stretched for 77 days, a relative eternity of anxiety and paranoia. Maximus had arrived on the throne after a long, respectable career in politics. He secured his first role in the imperial council by the tender age of 19. Then, in 433 CE, when Maximus was 37, he was selected as consul, one of the highest positions in Roman politics. Ten years later, Maximus reached truly rarefied air when he was chosen as consul for a second time and shortly afterward earned the highest title of patrician. Petronius Maximus had a stellar career, and he would have done well to quit while he was ahead. But alas, he did not. In the wake of Emperor Valentinian's untimely death, Maximus wasted no time in securing the emperorship for himself. He swooped into the palace by paying off the people within. Then, to consolidate his newfound power, Maximus forced the previous emperor's widow, Eudocia, to cut her mourning short and marry him immediately. Devastated and enraged, Eudocia sent word to Gaiseric, king of the Vandals, seeking aid. Gaiseric was grateful for any excuse to sack Rome and promptly agreed to answer the Empress's plea. Even as the Emperor first sat on his new throne, a terrifying horde was sailing from Carthage to free Eudocia and make Maximus answer for his sins. 
When word spread that the Vandals were approaching, the city's subjects looked to their new emperor for strength. But Maximus was terrified himself. He didn't even come up with a plan to defend the city. Instead, he retreated within the palace walls, completely focused on saving his own skin. In the absence of any real leadership, nobles and commoners alike decided their best bet was to take to the hills. When news of this reached Maximus, he belatedly issued a decree encouraging his subjects to fend for themselves. He wrote, the emperor grants to all who desire it liberty to depart from the city. Naturally, this delayed declaration did little to reassure the citizenry. Panicked crowds began to flee from Rome en masse. In the midst of the chaos, Maximus hoped that he too could make a bid for escape, and he began to secretly make arrangements for his departure. But he didn't make it very far. The servants within the imperial palace turned on him, infuriated that Maximus lacked the honor to stand and fight when it was his actions bringing the wrath of the Vandals down on all of their heads. When the palace residents attacked their emperor, not one of the imperial soldiers lifted a finger to come to his defense. Maximus was helpless to defend himself as the servants fell upon him, Releasing their rage in a violent uprising, the people savagely tore Petronius Maximus's body limb from limb. Still out for vengeance, the mob took the many pieces of Maximus's body and dragged them through the streets of Rome. Finally, the imperial servants threw Maximus's dismembered body into the dark waters of the Tiber River. For Emperor Petronius Maximus, the nightmare was over, but for his subjects, it was just beginning. Three days after Petronius Maximus met his violent end, King Gaiseric arrived in Rome and proceeded to sack the city. What was left of the city was thrown into chaos for months, robbed of its riches and its ruler. Coming up, the scheming and backstabbing that led to Emperor Petronius Maximus's death. And now, back to the story. On May 31st, 455 CE, Emperor Petronius Maximus was attacked and torn into pieces by his own servants. Maximus's death was so horrifically violent, it's hard to imagine that anyone could deserve such a fate. But some sources suggest that Maximus may have had imperial blood on his own hands. 7th century chronicler John of Antioch provides a particularly colorful take on the events. According to him, Maximus's demise all started with a game of dice. The story goes that Emperor Valentinian beat Senator Maximus in a game, and when Maximus was unable to pay the debt, the emperor took his ring instead. Valentinian used the ring to call Maximus's wife to his palace, pretending the summons came from her husband. When she arrived, the emperor raped her. Afterward, Maximus's wife returned to her husband, distraught, thinking he had betrayed her. 
When Maximus realized what had happened, he swore vengeance on Valentinian. But he knew that if he wanted to act against the emperor, he would first have to get rid of Aetius, Valentinian's master of soldiers. Maximus enlisted the assistance of Heraclius, a eunuch whom the emperor trusted and who harbored ill will toward Aetius. Heraclius in turn convinced Valentinian that Aetius was planning an attack on the emperor's life and that the only way to save himself was to kill Aetius first. Valentinian acted swiftly. He called Aetius to the imperial palace under the pretense of discussing sensitive matters of state. Once Aetius had lowered his guard, Valentinian stabbed and killed him. Reportedly, Valentinian asked a witness to the event, was not the death of Aetius well accomplished? And the witness answered, whether well or not, I do not know, but I do know that you have cut off your right hand with your left. Valentinian had no idea just how prophetic the witness's words would prove to be. As soon as the emperor left himself vulnerable, Maximus moved in for the kill. He spoke to two of Aetius's soldiers, Optila and Thraustila, and encouraged them to avenge their commander's death. Several months later, on March 16, 455, Valentinian rode out of the city to the Campus Martius, an area used for public gatherings, religious ceremonies, and sporting events. When the emperor dismounted from his horse to watch some athletes at play, Optila and Thraustila rushed up behind him and attacked. Optila dealt two fatal blows to Valentinian's head, while Thraustila dispatched Heraclius, the eunuch who had conspired against Aetius. Their vengeance was complete, and Rome was without an emperor. Valentinian died without a son to take his place, and soon several possible successors emerged. Petronius Maximus was prominent among the imperial hopefuls, but he didn't leave the matter to chance. He moved quickly to install himself in the imperial palace by bribing the officials within. But any goodwill that Maximus might have purchased for himself soon went out the window. Romans were shocked to see that not only did the new emperor fail to punish Optila and Thraustila for committing regicide, he openly socialized with them. Sentiment turned further against Maximus when he forced the recently widowed Empress Eudocia to marry him. The final nail in the coffin came when Eudocia summoned the Vandal army to come to her aid. The Vandal's impending arrival sent Rome into pandemonium, and Maximus was killed in the mayhem. In lieu of an emperor, Pope Leo I met Vandal King Gaiseric outside the gates. The Bishop of Rome beseeched the Vandal King to refrain from arson, murder, or torture as he ransacked the city for treasure. Gaiseric agreed to the Pope's requests. All he wanted was riches. With their arrangement in place, Gaiseric proceeded to lead his soldiers in robbing Rome of all her gold, silver, and copper over the course of two weeks. 
Gezerik also had his soldiers take Empress Eudocia and her daughters back with them to Carthage, along with thousands of other captives. Heavy with the weight of their stolen riches, the Vandal ships departed, leaving a devastated Rome in their wake. All told, Maximus only ruled Rome for 77 days, but the impact of his reign lasted much longer. Maximus was the first in a series of nine so-called shadow emperors who ruled for a short period of time before being either deposed or killed. With each successive ruler, the once mighty Western Roman Empire was further destabilized, which led to its eventual demise in 476. Incredibly, it seems the course of history might have run much more smoothly if Petronius Maximus had just been more lucky at dice. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories on the murders of famous figures, check out the ParCast original, Assassinations. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Mike Ramos, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Aaron Larson. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Nani Okwalagu, with writing assistance by Maggie Admire. I'm Vanessa Richardson.